0: Hello, everybody. Wonderful, wonderful day. Again, sending you nothing but blessings, positivity, and development through the martial arts. I hope that you're succeeding in your goals and challenging yourself. Beautiful day. A lot to be thankful for. A lot to be grateful for. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Today, I want to talk about magic and... Anting anting. Anting anting is uh, from the Philippines, and it's been widely used in martial arts for a very long time. It's a part of the culture. Um, A lot of the anting anting has to do with uh, religion and how it's used in magic, meaning. Some people take uh, Jesus on a cross, crucifix, uh, or a certain image of uh, a priest or saint, and they'll keep it um, in their mouth while they fight. Uh, There's other people who are very special where they're able to move objects with their hands. This is also known um, in Indonesia. It's also known in China. It's also known... um, throughout all all of Asia, Southeast Asia. It's also in Thailand. So magic is a big part of it, and it's been used to protect. In World War II, uh, even Americans would uh, have a rabbit's foot for good luck, right? In Asia and Southeast Asia, what I'm discussing is different but uh, take that into consideration. You know, that might be a a good introduction. If you're hearing this for the first time, um, that's a way to dip your toe into at least understanding what's going on here. There's different uh, spells and ways that they would try to protect themselves. And this has been used in the warrior culture for a very long time. It's very tribal in a sense. Um, I don't want to put any, um, of my own personal spin on this, meaning that I'm not here as somebody who is trying to say that it doesn't exist. I'm not here as somebody saying that, um, I'm not trying to prove it or defunct it. I'm not trying to, um, do any of that stuff. What I'm trying to describe is the, um, what, the way it's been taught to me in this sense, or the way that it's been orally transmitted to me through um, my mentors who've been to Indonesian jungles and um, also people who've been born and raised in the Philippines and also in China, okay? In China, they said that there's certain um, incantations and things that you do to ask uh, certain spirits to protect you, and it only, you know, uh, to protect you from blade cutting. You'll see this a lot in Indonesia as well. Um, they do uh, blade cutting ceremonies where they try to cut their tongue. Um, but uh, there's certain belief in an art or uh, in the Philippines with Anting Anting. It makes you, uh, it's supposed to be impervious to weapons. Um, in the Boxer Rebellion in China, they tried to make themselves impervious to bullets. Now, it didn't work out really well. A lot of people died. So... Again, I'm not here to say if it does or does not work. I'm not here to do that. Um, people who put belief in objects and amulets in order to gain power or protection uh, physically during combat is uh, an old practice. Okay, and there's always old rituals. So if you've ever watched a tie match, there's always a ceremony in the beginning. That's a ritual. Um during certain times before people go to war. There's rituals. There's certain, in the Japanese samurai, they would have certain uh, rituals before they go into wars. There's certain warrior prayers, uh, actually, for people who know that they're going to combat where they might not return. There's a certain ritual. So, old rituals. Um, This dates back to the fact that when you're facing your mortality... And you're walking into a situation where you might not return or you're going to quite possibly come into severe physical uh, danger where your life may be taken. A lot of people rely on the supernatural or an external object or a way of using an external object to try to tap into uh, something within themselves to give them that extra edge, that extra strength, or that extra healing uh, or combative ability, You know, such as your belief in this object will make you stronger, or this belief in this object in some cases will protect you from certain spirits and things like that. Now, <clears throat> a lot of this is really old. A lot of it uh, comes from superstition, and a lot of it comes from trying to get a cutting edge on... Um, what you're going to be facing, okay, knowing that you're going to be putting yourself in harm's way, again, a lot of people need or automatically start reaching for something. So, uh, in the, being a Catholic, um, where a lot of the, um, and ting and ting, uh, when Spain invaded the Philippines, a lot of that, and Ting and Ting was so you have the tribal culture that mixed some of the Catholicism and uh, religious uh, science, if you will, and um, ancient, uh, you know, Christian science mixed with tribalism to create uh, this and Ting and Ting, magic, culture, you know, things like that. And that's, uh, you, there's no denying it. You can look up in Ting and Ting. You're going to see a lot of it. And and, and each family had one that was personal. Okay, Um, my teacher had one that was immensely personal. Most warriors have one, and most families and most tribes have them. It's called Ting and Ting. It's also in China. It's also in Thailand. It's all over. It's all over. So I want to introduce you to this idea, and know, just understand that it's not new. It's not new. Um, You don't need to believe in it. Uh, You know, if you're uh, from a European background, this may seem very foreign to you because uh, it's not really a part of your everyday. It could be. I don't know what type of family you've grown up with. Uh, But this is an older culture and an older uh, warrior culture. It exists. now, there's, there's also something that, that's the magical aspect. Okay, Now, I'm not saying whether it does or does not exist. Again, however, uh, on a different note, there's also certain warrior prayers. Okay, Now, the warrior prayers uh, can go into its own podcast, but this is also, again, saying that when you're facing, when you know you're going into a situation, a war area, you know you're going into a battle. You know that your life could be taken. You know you are putting yourself in harm's way. Your inner child, your emotional personality, your fight or flight system, and um, you, your your yourself, will. Automatically put up its defenses and try to protect yourself. It's going to start sending warning signals to say do not engage in this. It's going to create maybe some catastrophic thinking to keep you away from engaging in fighting. Everybody gets scared. Everybody gets nervous. Your protective, your, your innate protective um, subconscious body will try to keep you from engaging in physical combat. Or try to engage, pull you away from doing something which can risk your life. And if you decide to go with it, um, your subconscious mind and body will start excreting hormones um, and adrenaline and endorphins to try to protect yourself. It can swell your arms up. It it can actually, there's vasoconstriculation where if you see a blade, you actually go white. It's called white with fear to pull your arms. Uh, away. Uh, so if you get cut, um, blood is taken away from some of your limbs. It's called white with fear when you're scared, scared to death is another terminology. So your body will mobilize. It will mobilize against whatever uh, perceived threat or actual threat that you're facing. So it's important to uh, understand some of this. Okay. That could be the genesis of, of some of the belief that um, in these old rituals but there's also uh, prayers that you make to to talk to your uh, inner self or your subconscious mind and body to prepare yourself for what you're going to engage in and, and so these lead to more deeper uh, conversations about if you are a spiritual person or or if you you are a warrior um, a lot of the times, warriors are not born. Uh, a lot of warriors are born out of necessity. They didn't. Some of them are farmers. They didn't grow up as warriors, but um, geographically, where you're, where you were born, or what you've been faced with, you, you, uh, fighting has been thrust upon you, and now you got to engage in it. Okay, and so it it really depends. It really depends. But these are um, interesting subjects to look at and observe. Uh, a lot of great depth can go into both of these areas. Um, and these are ways to prepare people for fighting or to protect them. Uh, the genesis of, of, of all of this, like I said, I believe lies in the fact that we are going to face danger. Uh, we, we look We all have fear. Innately, you can't change that. And so the way we deal with that fear is different for each person. So if you grew up in a warrior culture where there's magic, you're going to rely on that. If you uh, put your faith in an object, some people do that. And there's the reliance of communicating with your inner self. Um, You know, you might not want to, but you're fighting for a good cause. There's also that. And that brings up a lot of moral questions and, and um, you know, you don't want to hurt somebody, but you got to go through this. So you got to communicate with yourself if, if that is an absolute necessity. And so these are things that the warrior has to face, you know, and this, this was brought up when Buddhism and Taoism and higher spirituality was uh, introduced in a part of the warrior class because the warrior class system Uh, It's necessary. You see it in cops. Look, imagine a world without police officers if you're um, in the states or uh, in certain parts abroad. Imagine a place uh, without protectors. Imagine a society where people can get away with what they want. Um, Imagine that, okay? And and there's plenty of places in the world that are run by uh, like mafia-like organizations, if you understand what I'm saying. Where a town or a city is run by organizations or people um, groups and cells that that uh, command and control an area it usually ends up in uh, a great form of suppression. It might it might seem very good, but it might end in suppression. Um, I I don't want to speak too much on that. I'm just I'm just trying to talk through. Um, The warrior class. And the warrior class being introduced to relying on using force when it doesn't need to. um, And uh, ways to communicate with the deeper self if you have to engage in combat. So, there's that aspect. There's communicating with yourself. There's uh, using inting and ting. And... um, There's all sorts of ways that warriors prepare themselves for battle. When you, when you, your, your person, you will see a personality shift or personality change in someone who, um, is about to engage in, uh, mortal, uh, you know, something where, where their mortality is, uh, being, uh, put in danger. You'll see a personality change. You might see them start talking to themselves. You might see them start grasping at objects. You might see them saying certain prayers, depending on what your belief system is, etc., etc. So I believe that is the genesis of this. I don't want to go too much more deeper into it because then you would have to understand each each individual tribe and each individual practice. For example, my teacher from the Philippines, uh, he taught me a couple of his... Protection spells, But uh, the rest is very, 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 very personal. It's not supposed to be passed on. It's supposed to be only in the family. And um, each teacher may give this information out. But again, it, it might a lot of the times they don't because in today's society, it's somewhat antiquated. Um, and it can be passed along as superstitious and uh, it can be viewed that way very easily. Um, and so, you know, you have to look at it nowadays as a different form of study, okay? Because unless you're taking a martial art because you're, in a, you're born into a war-torn area, uh, what we're studying now for is uh, for perceived threats and to mobilize yourself in case something happens. And the rest of what we use it for is self-development and preparation. So um, it's different now. It's different now. Unless you're born into a war area. And there's plenty of that going on in the world today. So I look at this study as something that is a part of the culture um, from which I studied from. Because my teacher uh, is from Cebu. He's Cebuano. Uh, Balintawak. Our niece, is Screma. And um, Balintawak was um, founded in... Cebu, where he was born. He was actually the last living, uh, found, founding member. So, when I learned from my teacher in China, uh, he's born in Guangdong, Hongda, other style I studied. Uh, it's got its roots, Guangdong. So, when you learn traditionally, you're going to learn these traditional aspects. So, I, I, I retain some of that information. Uh, and I just listen. And that's what you do. When, when a teacher passes his lineage or his history... You just listen and you take it. So, just wanted to talk about this with you all. I hope you found it somewhat interesting. Um, I don't believe in magic, if that's what you're asking. Um, I do believe that if you communicate with the deeper self, I believe that's absolutely wonderful and necessary. Um, And I believe that in times of great danger, we reach for things. A belief system inside of us, a prayer a mantra, a, you know, communicating, things like that. And I believe that's the genesis of this. So I look at this study objectively. Um, there may be a twinkle of belief, but uh, I take everything with a grain of salt, and I'm just here to pass the information on to anybody who's listening. Um, I I don't want anybody listening to, you know, jump off the deep end into this and, um, you know get a, get the wrong impression for why I'm doing this. So look at it the way that I do. I'm passing it on to you objectively so you can look at it and try to gather something from it and um, understand it from a cultural study and the genesis from what I've told you where it comes from. I'm Sifu Jake Bernan and this is Iron Warrior Martial Arts.